How's everybody doing today? It is a amazing, beautiful, stunning Monday here in the Midwest. Uh, welcome to the Joe Moran Show with your host, Joe Moran. Uh, very excited. Had a wonderful weekend. Chiefs won. Um, good news there. Uh, somewhat uh depressing and sad right and we'll and we'll talk we'll talk about that and what it means um, related to uh, Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg Ginsburg's death but I mean overall had a great weekend um, certainly excited for the week ready to get rolling I hope everybody is here as well uh, so I want to dive into Ginsburg but that's gonna be a little bit later I want to talk about TikTok overall markets. Uh, today it's been a little bit dicey on the market front. Um, you know, what does it mean? Is it just kind of a one-day correction? Could this be something that is similar uh, to what happened in March? Um, you know, we do have the upcoming government shutdown if there isn't a budget pass, but uh, we'll talk through it and we'll start to dissect it from the various angles. Um, and we'll see, we'll kind of see where it lands, right? Once we get on the other side, but overall, like I said, excited to be here. Um, it's beautiful where I'm at sitting outside, just enjoying the weather. Uh, just had a fascinating lunch conversation, uh, with a good friend of mine, um, which will be the topic of the new podcast, uh, currencies and really the transition from a capitalist, society to cronyism to socialism uh, and what transpired in Venezuela from a first-hand account and then uh, we'll kind of see where that show goes but ready to get started so TikTok we're getting closer maybe as things get closer they get further and further apart Uh, we thought we had a TikTok deal Trump uh, and all of his uh, grandeur announced hey you know approve the TikTok deal um, Oracle and Walmart are partners. Um, they get a kind of a, a share. They don't have a controlling share in the company, but uh, they're getting seats on the board. I thought I thought the number that I saw was twelve percent for Oracle, and TikTok and ByteDance have to contribute five billion dollars for <laughs> Trump's. Um, uh, patriotic uh, education, if you will. Um, so, what's fascinating about this is everybody thinks the deal's done, right? Oracle, Walmart are going to get some seats on the board. They get to review Oracle gets access to kind of the cloud infrastructure, which is what they were really after. They get a seat on the board. They get to review the source code and the algorithms. Um, But they aren't controlling, right? So they're not a controlling, um, don't have a controlling stake in the overall company, even though from a kind of from a voting share standpoint, right? But they do have, you know, a majority of the shareholders are U.S. based, 
right? So that's how they tried to frame it. So the number of shareholders are controlled, uh, majority are controlled in the U.S., whether that's through venture capital or Walmart or Oracle. However, they don't really have a controlling voice in terms of the direction of the company. But Oracle can review the algorithms and the source code. So everybody thinks the deal's done. You know, Trump announces that TikTok and ByteDance are going to have to come up with the $5 billion for his uh, patriotic education program, which they weren't aware of at the time. Um, everybody thinks the deal's done. Everybody realizes that it was just a grift to uh, get Larry Ellison a percentage of this percentage of the company of, of TikTok. Um, it was never really about security concerns or any of these things because Trump approved the deal and those standards weren't met. And then news comes out this morning that China um, won't allow the deal to go through because of national security concerns, etc. And, you know, it's fascinating to sit there and, and, and kind of watch this all play out in real time. One, because it's very complicated, right? It's a complicated deal. You got nation states that are involved in business transactions. Um, you know, which is one of the reasons why traditionally governments and especially the United States government, the United States government typically tries to stay out of these acquisition scenarios because there's too many mouths to feed. Right? There's too many interests. And the further and further that this deal goes along, the more and more interests you're going to have to meet right, to get the deal done. And that's what makes this really complicated. Um, you know, Trump, he wants to have his friends benefit from the deal. He wants to demonstrate to the American public that he's tough on China. Right. So you just think about the incentives for him. OK, well, let's we, we understand that, you know, Pompeo, he's trying to say, look, I'm tough on China. Right. If the Chinese want to put a cap and limit the software and how software is used by United States companies within the Chinese kind of nation state then why should the United States allow Chinese companies and Chinese software that isn't audited, isn't, you know, fully kind of vetted by the United States government? Why should we let them do business in, in the United States? And I actually agree with that. Um, the challenge is to operate in the laws in the United States are just a lot different than the laws in China, right? The Chinese government has a finger on everything. Well, we don't have a finger on everything. Our government doesn't have a finger on everything, doesn't get to make all the decisions. You know, it's one of the benefits, right, of being in what used to be a democracy and we're slowly headed towards, an, um, you know, authoritarianism. But uh, it's 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 just a it's an interesting dilemma and 
The problem is, and then another problem is, Trump just isn't educated enough on the deal. He doesn't care about the details to understand the deal. To actually do what's necessary, right? To benefit the United States. Look, I think a lot of the stuff that Trump, I, I am, I'm not pro-Trump. Right. But I think a lot of the things that he's the questions that Trump's asked about China are fair and have actually um, uncovered and challenged the status quo, which was benefiting China and not benefiting the United States. And so from that perspective, I think what he's doing is fair game and uh, and not a bad thing. Right. Um, But anybody that was paying attention always knew this was about Trump and his self-interests and benefiting his friends, his partners, his donors, um, you know, the people that provide millions and millions of dollars to his campaign. Anybody that was paying attention understood that it was a grift, right? And it's all surface layer. And China isn't going to allow... American um, companies and potentially the government to view the source code and to view the algorithms and to understand how exactly TikTok is tracking all of the data, right? That they're getting from all these users. They're just not going to, they're not going to allow it. They're not going to allow it. Um, so there's more to this story. There's no end in sight as far as I'm concerned. Honestly, I don't even think a deal gets done. It just gets kind of him and hawed back and forth through the election. Trump wins. Deal goes away. He already won. He doesn't care. He was tough on China. You know, he creates some other story and the press forgets about it, you know, an hour later. And then, or Biden wins and it goes away because Biden's not interested in that. Now, I do think that, you know, the Dems and consistent with Republicans, I do think that they're going to apply pressure to China, um, but Biden doesn't give a shit about TikTok, right? So, you know, they'll, he'll be focused on supply chains and changing supply chains um, for various sectors where there is national uh, kind of security risk. And that's going to happen regardless if it's a Democrat as the president or a Republican as president. So I don't I mean, it's just like any everything else with this administration you can't get worked up about what they're doing because everything that they're doing is in their self-interest and and it's going to continue and it's going to continue to be that way um, on every story until this administration is either no longer in power or until Trump's next four years are up. I mean, that's the way that I see it. I mean, 
I'd be interested to hear what uh, others think and what you think. Leave a comment, a question, um, so we can talk about it. But that's the way that I see it. And it's all about just self-interest. It's all about self-interest. So, you know, what's going to benefit Trump? What's going to benefit the United States? What's going to benefit the Chinese government? And that's it. That's it. Markets today had just taken a nosedive. Holy shit. All right, I wake up this morning. I check Bitcoin. I think it was at like 10.5 and then 10.4 and then 10.3. I mean, just getting hammered. So, okay, well, what's happening? The dollar's fucking skyrocketing. Um, it was at, I think, 93.72, some, somewhere around there. The stock market's getting crushed. The Dow was down 850 points, you know, 3%. Same with the NASDAQ. I mean, it's been a rough, it has been a rough, rough September. And... You know, I think the sell-off has to do with Ginsburg, um, and I think it's and I think it's fair because you're talking about one of the three pillars of the United States government, and you've got a Senate that isn't playing by the same rules that they laid out four years ago. Um, with respect to Obama, um, and you know, the markets are nervous, you know, what happens if there's a contested election, the Supreme court, uh, doesn't fill the ninth seat. So you're at a four, four tie. What happens there? Um, you know, there's just a lot of questions, a lot of anxiety and, the market sold off and I think it's going to continue to sell off. You know, that wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me at all is, you know, Hey, we got another week of just kind of pain, right. From a market perspective. And really it's been a month, it's been a month of pain and I think it could continue until there's a fiscal deal done. And then on the fiscal front, Pelosi put together a program or a package today to keep the government running um, because there is the potential for a government shutdown. So Congress has to provide uh, a budget so the government doesn't shut down in a spending in a spending package. And It wasn't the same deal that was approved before by McConnell and Mnuchin. There's no farm aid. Um, And honestly, it has to do, in my opinion, with the Supreme Court. It's going to get ugly, folks, over the next 50 days. Um, There's just just no question that it's going to get it's going to get ugly politically. 
that everybody's going to be playing kind of their same game. It's going to be playing for their inch for their interests, trying to fuck over the opposition. Uh, it's not going to be bipartisan at all. And if the Democrats feel like, hey, if I shut the government down, we have the election. But McConnell can't push forward the Supreme Court's justice because they're not holding themselves the same standard that they held four years ago. Then it's fair game. And, you know, that's what I expect is going to happen. Right. The Democrats and I and I'd have to I got to do my due diligence on, you know, what kind of control they have relative to the spending bill. And if. It stops the Supreme Court process. If it just stops it right in its tracks, um, I mean it's possible, right? And the and the problem here is because of all the fighting and the bickering and just everybody just saying the rules don't apply to them, that we're establishing new precedents for how to handle certain things because there's no decency left. There's no decency. Right? So let's say that Pelosi is successful. Stops the Supreme Court dead in its tracks. Or the Senate dead in its, dead in its tracks. The Dems win, right? So they win in November. Biden gets elected. Biden selects the Supreme Court justice. Two years down the road, Republicans wrestle back Congress. They wrestle back the Senate. And one of the Supreme Court justices pass away. The Dems are ready to go. And I guess in this scenario, the Dems would control the Senate, but not the House. Well, the House and the Republicans, they're just not going to allow. They're going to say, okay, well, we're not funding the government. And we're just not going to allow this to continue until we're ready. Right? Until we're in power. And that's the thing. Like, it's just this feedback mechanism that just gets worse, 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 worse. And it's tit for tat. It's, okay... How do I, what do I need to do to make sure that I hold the power and it's not constructive for running a government? There's no benefit to this. Who's winning here? Right? The citizens surely aren't winning. I mean, there's zero chance that we're winning. I'm not winning. You're not winning. We got large-scale gridlock. We've got a government that can't function. And it's because of tit-for-tat. And now we've totally politicized the court system. It's just a bad, bad, bad answer. Bad answer. And I don't know how it changes course. From here. And so stepping back and saying, okay, well, why did the markets sell off? 
Well, I think the markets understand that this could be a real challenge, right? Ginsburg dying presents a real challenge. You know, not only from an election perspective, but just in terms of how the government the government operates. Because there are no standards anymore. We got a new precedent every single time something negative happens. We do. So that's what's happening. We get a new precedent. The rules change every single time. And I'm not going to blame one party or the other. They're both doing it. And the people that lose out, the group, the stakeholder that loses out, it's the citizens because you no longer have a functioning government. Your centralized institution has failed. It's proven that it can't operate. You know, that's one of the reasons why I'm pro-Bitcoin. It's decentralized. You don't have to rely on a centralized institution to govern monetary policy. And what's happening in all of the various institutions around the world, they're failing. Centralized institutions are failing. And so you're going to have decentralized solutions to these systems. You just are. And man, I, I I'm just ready for this election cycle to be over with. I'm hopeful that somehow even if Biden wins I mean, it's going to be hell, right? There's going to be massive gridlock. You know, I firmly believe that one party controlling power is not a good thing. Biden wins. The Dems are going to have everything. They're going to have it all. Um, so shit's going to get, you know, there's going to be some stuff accomplished. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's in the best interest of the country. Um. And Biden, maybe he can figure out a way to reach across the aisle and get some things done. But it's 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 just tough out there. And, you know, you can just see it from the reaction of Ginsburg dying that it's going to get it's going to get rough. Um, and. I don't know what the outcome is. Right? Nobody does. But I'd come up with contingency plans. I'm coming up with exit strategies. In case all hell breaks loose. Uh, Because it just might break loose. And you got to be prepared. You have to be prepared. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. 
right? We've got to be prepared. So, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we got the debates next week. So, that'll be interesting. But, come up with an exit strategy. Come up with an exit strategy. Be prepared. Have multiple options. Because I think it's going to get pretty... Pretty... Pretty dicey. And I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think there's any question about it. Another thing that's been coming out, and we've been hearing about it, is the fiscal stimulus. We've had a rush of uh, Fed presidents... Um, whether it's Powell, Kashkari, Kaplan, and they're all pushing for additional fiscal stimulus. Kaplan even said, I'm not sure we're still going to need economic accommodation three years from now. So not today. Today we need it. But three years from now, we might not. The reality is we've been in an easy monetary accommodative uh, position for the last 10 years. Even at a 4%, sub 4% unemployment, we were still extremely accommodative. And it's the only it's the only option. It's the only option. So the fiscal deal has to get done. There's going to be real economic pain if it's not. The only way that it doesn't get done, in my opinion, I guess there's a couple ways. I don't think Pelosi's moving off her her $2 trillion number. So I think that's the number. Trump, if he doesn't see the polls uh, bounce, then he's going to push harder and harder for a, f- a fiscal bill um, to try to sway the election. And honestly, we'll see if the uh, Ginsburg news and the Supreme Court um, opening provides any bounce to Trump. I don't think it will, but we'll see. And if there's no bounce, Trump's going to push for it. And then it's just down to McConnell and if he thinks that Trump has a fighting chance to win. Because if he doesn't think he does, if McConnell does not believe Trump can win with the fiscal package providing being the answer, providing the boost, then I don't think McConnell gets to the table because he's going to try to protect vulnerable senators. And everybody thinks, well, you know, the Republicans, they're vulnerable, so they got to do the fiscal bill. Yet for Trump... But again, the Republicans are they have the narrative of being the fiscal hawk, right? So their constituents don't want them to do the deal. 
And so if McConnell doesn't think Trump wins, the deal doesn't get done. And then it's like, okay, there's real pain. There's real suffering. Real pain and suffering. And then the first thing that happens when the Dems take over next year in that scenario is there's a massive deal. There's a massive, massive fiscal bill. I mean, if Pelosi wants two trillion today, that thing could be five trillion. Wouldn't shock me. Not one bet. So let's kind of recap the major things as we kind of head to the election that are going to impact everybody. Fiscal stimulus, number one. Without fiscal, economy continues to suffer. Demand gap continues to be there. Continued pain for a vast majority of Americans. Trump is probably losing by a significant margin. Right? So that's the one thing. We got the Supreme Court. And and I said earlier that I don't think... Um, I don't think the Supreme Court actually benefits the Republicans in terms of it coming up. Um, now, if they get a D, if they get somebody through, you know, it obviously bits them over. The, it helps them over the long term, unless the Democrats just totally say, "Okay, you pushed one through." Well, we're going to add four seats to the Supreme Court. We're going to go from nine to thirteen, and we're going to fully stack the judicial branch we're going to change the game um, and eliminate the filibuster etc right so they could do all those things um, to offset kind of the short-term balance the republicans would gain by pushing through a justice but anybody that was going to vote for trump was going to vote for trump right there are Fewer Republicans than there are Democrats. Okay. The Democrats are the majority. The Republicans are the minority party. The Because of Biden, there's probably some Republicans that were going to vote for Biden, right? Because they hate Trump. Let's say that, you know, only 25% of the people now support Biden and the back, the rest of them are back supporting Trump because of the Supreme Court. I actually think you're going to get more people that support Biden that probably wouldn't have wouldn't even have voted, and most notably uh, younger women, um, because Roe v. Wade is up on the ballot now. Uh, same sex marriage is on the ballot. Because of the Supreme Court. And these people, the people that would have voted for Trump, Ginsburg wasn't going to make it another four, four years, right? She was just trying to get through the election cycle. And so it didn't change. It's not going to change the mindset 
of the Trump voter. If anything, it creates a sense of urgency for Democrats to come out and vote. Because if there, by chance that that seat doesn't get filled, then the Democrats and the people that want a more left-leaning judge to offset the recent conservative judges, they're going to come out and support Biden. So I, I don't think it helps Trump. Um, you know, there's a view that they think it does help them. And it's probably related to the elderly um, and the older population, right? Not not voting for Biden instead of voting for Trump because it's a lifetime appointment. But honestly, if I'm an, if I'm an older person and I was going to vote for Biden because Trump failed on COVID and I care about health care and I care about not dying, then those things still outweigh a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court because it doesn't matter if I'm dead, right? So I, I it, it's good. I mean, I don't know, right? It's just my theory. Could be dead wrong. There's GOP strategists. They're like, holy shit, Trump is the luckiest guy ever, right? And that's possible. But just look at the fundraising since Ginsburg was announced. I mean, money is pouring in on the Dem side. And the Democrats are going to put up roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, make the vote extremely difficult. I mean, we're talking about, what, 43 days, 42 days until the election. People are already voting. And I think it hurts Trump. Actually, I think it. I think I think the blue wave only grows um, because now there's even more fear of what could happen over the next forty-five days, and if the Republicans do push somebody forward in the next forty-five days, fine. Well, if the Democrats do the clean sweep, then. They can still change the structure of the Supreme Court by adding judges and changing the judiciary overall um, by adding more federal judges that are left-leaning and can take it to the Republicans. So I think that's what's going to happen. There's just a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces. It's very difficult to keep all of the moving pieces straight. Um, and that's why we're talking about them. And again, we're not going to have an emotional conversation. It's going to be level-headed. It's going to be a civil discourse. We're going to try to get educated, try to get smarter, try to learn, grow. And we want to have multiple strategies, multiple discussion points. That way we can build a framework. And understand what the alternatives are and what the solutions are for whenever problems arise. So, really excited um, for this coming week. I think it's going to be a fascinating week. 
and there's just so many things that are going on. Um, there's really no other choice for it to be fascinating. Um, whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. Interesting, nevertheless. But another thing, a thing that I always tell my daughter is have an exit strategy. She's four. But you know what? In a world of chaos where things are changing so fast, it's always important to have an exit strategy. So if something goes against you, you're at least prepared to act. And I tell my four-year-old daughter that. You know, I go fill up my gas at the gas station. I always try to park near the quickest exit. How can I get out as fast as possible if I need to get out? And that's how I think about most things, honestly. Um, but in a world where everything's changing so quick, it's just important to be prepared, right? So great show, a lot going on. It's never dull in 2020. I think we're all looking for a little dullness, but uh, I suspect we're probably two or three years away from that. And I'm really excited about this new podcast I'm going to have coming up, which is going to be talking about currency debasement um, and understanding what it's like living in a country where there is hyperinflation, mass currency uh, debasement, and an evolution from capitalism to cronyism to communism. Um, very excited for that to come out. Should be out within the next couple of weeks. But uh, that's it for today on The Joe Moran Show. And until tomorrow, let's keep our ears to the grindstone.